0: This episode of the Inside BJJ podcast is brought to you by the U.S. Open. October 19 and 20 in Santa Cruz, California at the Kaiser Arena. And yours truly, the Inside BJJ podcast crew, will be doing the live play-by-play. Check it out. Go to usopenbjj.com. Live
1: from the Do So Nine, the baddest city in all time, space, and dimensions, Stockton, California. Your host is a prominent member of the Bohemian Club, a prominent member of the Bilderberg Society, and a powerful, mighty fractional reserve banker, Crosley Gracie Brownbelt, Tim Freeman. And back by popular demand, Crosley Gracie Black Belt, Ernest Mello! And today's special guest, Cumbrina Black Belt, Tanner Ross! You know what time it is. It's about to get crazy. It's about to get friggin' nuts because this is the Inside BJJ Podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Freeman. Good job, sir. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Ernest Mello.
2: I'm back, motherfuckers.
0: Uh, you warm you warm, you warm enough. Warmed I up.
2: Just, uh, just
0: he's back, and the... within ten seconds he drops an f bomb.
2: <laughs> just brush the last few flakes of snow off of my shoulders.
0: I want to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by M Kimono's. If you want to look like you train jujitsu, and you don't want to look like you're trying out for Project Runway with your fashion gi, get an M Kimono. Go to www.mkimonos.com, sign up, pick one up, pay for it, do it, help the show, do it, right? Most importantly, quit being fucking weird about it. That's right, get an M. Kimono. Also, if you want
1: to get laid, you better get yourself an Inside BJJ Podcast t-shirt. They're very nice, they fit perfectly, they feel real good on your skin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's just
1: kind of
0: random you threw that out there.
2: They suck right up to your abs or gut.
0: It's or gut
2: (laughs) or gut. They curl under everything.
0: (laughs) They're actually pretty good shirts. They've, um, the one, the one I have a few of them, but the one that you're buff like me, you look real nice in it. The one that I got, the one that I got first, (laughs) uh, it's lasted pretty well. Like they get softer when you wash them. Yeah. That's what she said. Chicks like to touch them. And now it feels like just a fabric sheet when I put it on. You think you could wear a fabric sheet if you weaved one together? I thought need it. to get on that. <laughs> that would be cool. It'd smell good. <laughs> you look
2: like a homeless Asian dude. <laughs> you're like, dude, was that mesh back in the 80s? You know, w-
0: what's up with the Asian people and their rainwear? You notice they always have like rainwear on, like slickers and. So like, that's why you're not selling any t shirts. You just <laughs> insulted all the Asians.
2: Yeah. Nick Green is not going to be cool with If this.
0: they go for a walk down the street and the sprinklers are on, they have like on full rain gear, like those green rain boots with the frog. Frog eyes on the front.
2: I've not seen that. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No. They
0: have like a full riot shield mask. What's up with them wearing the riot shield mask? <laughs> like everybody? a riot shield? You know, I'm talking about those weird visors they wear. And they go way out and they fold them over That's racist.
2: Oh, you know like an older older Asian. Well, oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of fucking like.
0: Nick Green wears one. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm thinking of like younger Asian people. I never fucking see, Yeah, but yeah. And Nick
0: I, Green you, grapples in one. You'll
2: see like Asian. You'll see like old Asian ladies like rifling through your garbage for collectibles for dogs and they're wearing like dish gloves you're killing yourself right now <laughs> they're wearing like the yellow dish gloves like one glove one has a stick with the oh yeah 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 poke. yeah <laughs> and they're wearing the fucking galoshes with cut off sweats <laughs> and like the hat you described like they're playing poker or something yeah. on the fucking
0: on the orient express <laughs> do they have the armband yeah the armband what's up with the armband that car dealers wear i never got that
2: I, maybe to hold their cash i don't know i
0: don't know Anyway, great show. Welcome back. We had a really good uh, podcast earlier in the week with Kid Peligro. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Pretty, pretty interesting dude. If you own any kind of jujitsu books, chances are his name is on those books. Um, so he tells a pretty neat story. And we also had a really good premium podcast last week with Frank Galdo. He's a bounty hunter who kind of dabbled around in jujitsu and stuff. And he tells some pretty cool stories about chasing criminals and fighting them and stuff pretty interesting kicking criminals in the balls yeah he did a good ball kick and he and, and when he kicked the guy in the balls the guy said to this like fictitious audience he kicked me in the balls <laughs> <I was> like,
2: <laughs> he looked away into a <laughs> camera that wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Broke man the imaginary fourth wall
0: so what's going on so uh we're gonna remind everybody you can check us out on twitter at inside get a shirt all that stuff we still have plenty of shirts we just sold out extra large we sold the last one we have a lot of larges. We have a few mediums. I think larges probably fit most people. Uh, it's 20 bucks or 30, whatever you want to give, but it includes shipping and it helps us out. And uh, yeah, if you've been listening to the show for like over a year and, and you
1: don't have an Inside BJJ podcast t shirt, <laughs>
0: you're yeah, fucking up. That's kind of messed up. A premium subscription helps too. Go to slash premium. And you don't just get the premium shows, you get everything in the back catalog. Shame on you. Oh, I wanted to address a couple things. Shame. One is for the Android users. A few people have been complaining that the app hasn't been working. Uh, I sent a, a ticket in for, rec- for a support, and the advice is to delete the app and reinstall Wait it. Wait a minute. I'm just These saying. These people are complaining. Do they have a premium subscription? <laughs> yeah, right. You better have premium if you're complaining. The other thing is, is the app was just updated, which really kind of sucks. I don't like, and I have another beef with uh, the folks that help with the app. That you can only listen to the shows now on Wi-Fi. Like if you're in your car, you can't stream it unless you're on a Wi-Fi connection. What? Yeah, but if you have Stitcher, if you download the Stitcher app, um, while you're away, you can listen to it over, you know, just your phone connection or whatever. So just just a heads up. Yeah,
1: one more thing to to the people who are cheap and on food stamps and can't afford the two dollar um, premium subscription. Give us a review and Tim, for that review tim will send
0: you a block of cheese <laughs> yeah we call it a uh, podcast cheese <laughs>
2: <laughs> what you got to do with these guys that are running your apps you just got to tell hey what is porn doing like xvideos.com whatever they got i want that because you can beat off anywhere with that oh my shit God.
0: <laughs> you- Ernest is back <laughs>
1: Ernest is back. He's dropping S bombs. He's talking beaten off. He's talking dude, porn. You
2: could have He's the worst. Cell phone. Tim's talking
1: against Asians. I mean, we're off to a great start.
2: You could have the worst cell phone and cell phone service in the world. You could have a fucking a back jit- phone. You could have a jitterbug flip phone, and somehow still <laughs> somehow still be able to beat off the X videos. Wow. They might have it a, sounds mm-hmm. like he's speaking from the yeah, spirit.
0: He's got like sixteen phones. in I have
2: literally held the phone in my left hand as I drive. Oh
0: my god! You have a phone mounted. <laughs> yeah,
1: There's like a new ticket now for that. I'm like, like I know this is. It's a heavier team. fine if you're looking at your phone and looking at porn and beating off while <laughs> yeah. you're driving.
2: You're like, I don't. I trust this, this gentleman. Looks like he may be shifting two different sticks. Oh my god, dude! Come like, on, whoa,
0: Ernest Mellow, sir, sir, put,
2: put that away. Like what? We, this is a jujitsu class. What about the children? I'm in the privacy of my own vehicle.
3: Jesus <laughs>
2: Christ! You know he's got
1: a point. It's his own vehicle. He should be able to do what he wants. Yeah. And let's, change let's, ch- let's change switching gears.
2: Let's
3: let's
1: change gears. Switching up so, gears. So
3: hey,
0: wow. we had a women's self defense seminar yesterday.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. And, and <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was free, and all the proceeds went to the women's and um, <laughs> master. Master Mello over you can't here was segue from that. Taught the seminar. It you went really well. Um, it went really you well. You taught some good techniques. I like one how of the was, things. How was the action? <sighs> one of the things I really liked is that um, Ernest was prepared. I was actually, I, I don't, this is going to sound wrong, but I don't mean it this way. But I was, I was impressed that you were so prepared and you, you. <laughs> pre- <laughs> You you weren't late. First of all, you didn't show up thirty minutes you're late. Typically, a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, usually you're but late. But you really did what? Well. You didn't fuck up one. Well, I'm
2: you not impressed by
1: none of that. I am impressed, however, there haven't been any sexual harassment while um, <laughs>
0: Harassment, <lawsuits Harismans>. <laughs> you like
1: from England? No,
2: <laughs> no, no sexual harassment. She's like, did Harismans. he really
1: need to place his hand there while he was passing my guard? It seemed like a weird place to have to see minute. what you
0: started. This is what you started right here. No, <laughs> right. but um, I liked I liked the fact that you. You kind of predicted ahead of time some of the questions that were going to be asked, which was, why don't you poke them in the eye? Why don't you kick them in the balls, right? And uh, you had some good responses for that. And also that you kind of reinforced, like... <laughs> yeah, because that works so well. You kind of reinforced, like, we're not fighters, like, we're not mm-hmm. trained fighters. I'm not. You're not at this seminar so you could learn how to stand in the pocket and throw punches <laughs> with somebody. Yeah, you're not here yeah, to yeah. stand and bang with the guy that's trying to rape you. I think that sometimes people have a weird concept of what it means to survive and what self-defense means. Well, I had a
2: girl yesterday at work. Like, she was just talking about this, you know, like about moving to another department, mm-hmm. you know, like. Laundry? More of a cop, yeah, yeah. You mean like ironing? <laughs> Does this job require shoes? Yeah, exactly. Um, but she's like, well, you know, I think I'll be okay because I can fight. I can, I can handle myself. I can more than handle myself. I'm like, hmm. see, so that's when you should just send me in there. Yeah, I'm like, what in your background warrants such a, such an outrageous claim? Like, yeah. even for me, like to say that, like, and be cocky about it like that's kind of i think if anybody
1: has the right to say they could fight and be cocky about it
0: it's master Mello. well i mean i know but he's realistic about it and yeah
2: i mean like i don't train getting punched i mean that's the most important thing being used to being punched at yeah that's the main thing if you're gonna stand
0: up and throw punches and that's
2: one thing like i want to
1: stand in when i'm getting attacked i want to stand and bang
2: that's something i was you know if i was invited to kid peligro that was one thing i wanted to address with him 'Cause he talked about in one of the books, I can't remember which book it was. He talked about before he met the Gracies, he was in a praying manis kung fu. <laughs> Swear to God. And then when it came down to sparring Dude, day, which is like work. Sprain uh sprain, sprain manace. Um sparring that day works was too. once too. Uh, sparring day was once a month. And when it came down to it, all the top students he was just like waiting to see some crazy kung fu. He and just it was... became a bunch of windmill fucking haymakers, and yeah, like blinking their eyes and looking away.
0: What's interesting, you say that, is we have a friend, uh, Sean, who has been One on the hell, hell, hell of One a Guy podcast. hell of a guy. And yeah. he's well, been he, in a lot of fights. He used to be, but now he has a girlfriend. Been in a lot of fights because of his work. And and he was even talking about, like, even people who are supposedly trained, when they start fighting, he's like, a lot of times their reaction is not, I'm going to clinch, get a leg trip. It's like, I'm going to throw haymakers. You know, yeah. they start swinging and going nuts. Even, it's just interesting. It's like...
2: uh People were at work, you know. The detainees, they, you know, oh, yeah. he's a badass fighter. He's a badass fighter. Yeah, you, you see these fights happen. And you're like, bitch, you were just throwing crazy haymakers. You're just going nuts. You just, yeah. la- you just land. I'll
1: be landing crazy haymaker and, Wow-y. yeah. The di-
2: I think the difference between <clears throat> a good fighter and a bad fighter to people on the street is uh, poise. Really, yeah, they all have the yeah. same technique, but if you can calm down. And not look away and not hide your head and not blink so much.
0: Yeah, put your chin And you're up. probably going to yeah. land more punches. But. I think you're probably right. I've been yeah. in a lot of street fights. One thing I do is I poke people right in the chest and I say, what gives you the right to challenge me? You know what I mean? I get right in their face and I poke them really hard in the chest and that usually works.
2: Is it? Is Do you have to, like, uh, grab your poodle by the collar and keep him from attacking? I say, I
0: say down, Charlie. Down, Charlie. And then Charlie. he obeys, and I say, you see how obedient that dog is to me? Think about what I can do to you. And they're usually, like, usually they thank me. They're like, thank you. You taught me a lesson. I'm never going to make this mistake again. And their life is different after that. <laughs> I've had people write me thank you notes. <laughs> You get something
2: in the mail. Who the fuck is this? Yeah, you open it. It's like, thank you for teaching me a life lesson. Thank
0: you for humiliating me at uh, the the Discovery Museum in front of my students. (laughs) Next time, (laughs) next time
1: I get in a fight, I know eventually I'm I'm probably going to you before I die. I'm kick I'm gonna go for the nuts just like Gialdo did. Matt is the I never cat. realized how effective that was. And then Brandon Balanza at our 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 gym was showing me how to one two throw a one two and then kick to the nuts. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a combo.
0: Like, damn, that would really work. You were impressed with that, uh
1: I was impressed because they're looking at your hands in the one two, they're not thinking about their nuts, and then BLAM, mm. blam.
0: I think that it's hard to kick people in the balls.
1: I don't think it's as hard as you think if you drill it. Who drills kicking into the nuts? How do you drill it? You get with somebody and you, you got a drill.
2: Yeah, but who who's going to allow you to actually kick them in the nuts realistically? Well, you don't
1: actually like, have to kick them full on. And how I mean, do you know it's realistic? Okay, every time you practice an arm bar, you don't break the person's arm. I you do. Know, you fully.
2: <laughs> I do. You fully extend their arm. You can't fully kick someone in the nuts.
0: I do. <laughs> yeah.
2: You can, but you can't do that more than once. You could do it on the
0: grappling dummy. Stand them up. And oh boom. yeah, just practice. We, just, we but, should put some like leather nuts on them. <laughs>
2: You know, a lot of people who who take some <laughs> truck nuts,
0: get some truck nuts, and put them on there. I dude. On.
2: I just want to get like a like a leather like coin pouch and put two golf balls in. it. Grapes. Just put it. some
0: grapes in there so they crush. Oh. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> the show has
2: completely gone
1: off N-A-L. the rails, dude. <laughs> Street fighting scenario: How many guys stand with their legs wide open?
2: Yeah, I know the do. Mexicans I, I, have a in, weird stance. In the hood, they do that. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Legs, that's that's their base. The really legs, are real wide. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've seen What's it. What's up, really homie?
3: Fun.
0: They do. They uh, so it. I got a weird email that I wanted to read to you guys. Let me let me let me pull it up. It, it's about a conspiracy between Eddie Bravo and the Gracies, and I've never heard this before, but I thought it was highly entertaining. Probably smoking some but heifer. they doing the uh, Lloyd Irving. It's even. It, it's it's pretty great. Um, this guy wrote, "I'm starting to think." That the Eddie Bravo Hoyler Gracie thing was set up to sell jujitsu. For example, Eddie studied under the Machado brothers, who are Gracie cousins. This Eddie Bravo could have been a fight to sell jujitsu. Was this, this Alex Jones writing? This? Yeah, because Eddie beats Hoyler when he was a brown belt. I watched the fight, and there were many times when where Hoyler had inside hands and could have potentially choked Eddie out. So what I'm saying. <laughs> This is a really. Is what if 10th Planet was really run by the Machado brothers? How does Eddie have the money to open 29 gyms? They made Eddie up to sell more jujitsu and open more schools, but all the money they're making, in my eyes, is a Gracie scam.
2: Eddie Bravo's a hologram.
0: I guess he's saying like Eddie Bravo's a Gracie shill, like just a guy they set up to beat Hoyler to open That's up the school. Eddie Bravo's not his real name, is it? It's like uh, something Kano. So, Edward like. Kano, they or, gave him a name, too. I think it's Emilio Estevez or something like that. Yes, if it is. Yeah. Emilio,
2: Emilio. If, if Bravo's not his real so last cool. name,
0: I bet there's. It's one of these three: Rodriguez, Ramirez, Sanchez, Gomez, um, Hernandez, or Hernandez. Fern- and Fernandez, Fernandez, and Suarez. Hernandez.
2: All the Eses, all the Eses are covered. Ibanez. Chavez.
0: But what if Eddie Bravo was a scam just to open up no-gi jiu-jitsu, but it's really... What if he's a complete Gracie shill? To cover the other side of the Gracie That would be a jiu-jitsu, long, jiu-jitsu, right? long-term... Like a, They
3: thought 15, <laughs> 20 years down the road. Oh, you don't In like the
1: 1990s, the gi- he's going to tap me and then in 2013... <laughs> Dude. Eddie, Eddie's if, like if the true,
0: son hey, of a Hispanic if, maid. If, if that's fucking true, all hell to the Gracies. They're the ultimate gangsters. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck
2: yeah. That's badass.
0: Have you seen uh, the Gracies in the Birth of Valletudo? No. You need to watch it. It's on YouTube. It's pretty good. I don't want to get into it then. What? Yeah. Why not? I don't want to tell you about it. Well, I've I talked about it a few times. I just wondered if you saw it. I wanted to get your opinion.
2: Look, I'm not one of those guys that like if you tell me a movie that I haven't seen yet, I'm like, "Well, I fucking ruined it." Now I don't want to watch it. Well, it's not a movie. First
0: of all, it's not a movie. It's a documentary. There's, there's, a, a, there's difference. a difference, Ernest. I- <laughs> <laughs> that was good Matt all condescending to him <laughs> hey, so you can re- go ahead and tell me and I'll still it's just, end up watching it's it. just good it's about the, the Gracie family and they talk a lot about the split in the family and how a lot of it had to do supposedly with Halls Gracie and Horian because Halls was the son of Carlos but he was raised by Elio right and that Halls was supposedly like a super standout like way more gifted than everyone else in the family and that mm-hmm. caused weird friction when Helio finally had a son, Orion, I have no idea if there's truth to it, but it's true. <clears throat> it was interesting. It was really interesting to watch. And supposedly Hulls was like a super innovator, like innovated a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. way past what people were doing. But uh, I yeah, wanted if was he was like it.
2: He was like recruiting freestyle wrestlers and competing, yeah. competing, like with the singlet on in freestyle competition. It wasn't he like a
1: hand glider or something? He died.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think uh Will Farrell commented on that. Really? Yeah, and uh, old school. <laughs> Stupid. Do you think that if he was around right now he would approve of Hollis? <laughs> just his competition in general?
0: As his just son? Gassing out.
2: Just I'm pr- gassing pretty sure he would approve of his son. You think he would approve of, rid- out? Ridic- <laughs> he him, of his son? That's ridiculous.
3: That's a ridiculous.
1: He makes him take his mother's name
0: instead of the great When did he event? gas out? like
2: uh, in the, the last time ever in the ufc
0: yeah but the ufc sucks yeah it does the ufc look you don't even have to submit anybody or knock anybody out you just have to point fight now to win in the ufc like that's he that's he made, a, made, a, an exaggeration you just have to point fight that, calm, all, all down, you have to, okay, calm down my dude, okay friend <laughs> case in point that is not entirely true leoto machida point fighter george Saint and he Pierre, lost, point fighter. Fight. anderson silva point fighter he got knocked out uh who else these little lightweight guys, those guys couldn't even knock me out. They couldn't hurt a fly. Dude, anybody can knock
1: you ping, out. Ping,
4: ping, <sighs> ping, 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 ping.
1: Little pingy punch Inside BJJ Stella can knock you out. Pingy
0: punches is nothing. Little...
1: Your son your son can knock Who's you
0: out. Who's the heavyweight champion?
1: Jane Velasquez,
0: Point fighter. Name another one. Who else? Chuck Liddell, point fighting. <laughs> Randy Couture, point fighting. Mike Tyson, point fighter. Point fighter. fighter. <laughs> All these guys are point fighters. Muhammad Ali, <laughs> another point fighter. <laughs> yeah. They just pull punches. They touch. No. Now I got the point for touching. I'm kidding. There's a lot of tough dudes, but he on Gracie tweeted yesterday that you don't have to knock people out or submit anybody anymore to be to to be a winning MMA fighter.
1: Show me one winning MMA fighter that has no submissions or knockouts on his record. I don't know. You can't. You can't. How, how do so you know Shut that? your hole and get back in your box. Has
2: George St. Pierre ever knocked anybody out?
1: Yeah, Jay Harrowin.
2: Who the fuck is that?
0: Nobody k That was set up anyway. That was rigged. When was this?
1: It was like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah. So
0: back when nobody. That was funny right there. He's got a lot
2: of TKOs. Back when nobody gave a shit who George St. Pierre was. And submissions. Was... And submissions. I got
0: to say this, though. When I met George St. Pierre before, he was champion. He was a really nice dude.
2: Where'd you meet him at? In the bathroom? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. In the bathroom, huh? Actually,
0: you didn't meet him. I did. You were just there when I met Hello. him. No, Actually, I met
1: him. No, you didn't. You were there on my dime.
2: You are, you are very, you are very sexy. <laughs> that's when
1: Harry. I knew. When well, that's when I knew that Tim Freeman was a wealthy man when he took me to the UFC, and we stayed at the MGN Grand at a, and a, and we had these front row seats. We sat in the same row that um um the other fighters were sitting in. And where did our wives sit? They sat way somewhere else. In the back. (laughs) (laughs) When
0: Chuck Liddell fought Jeremy Horn. We go to the UFC and Matt and I sit up close. And then I have the wives and the kids sit way, 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 like almost at the top of the arena.
2: I can't afford a front row for all of us, baby. Somebody going to have to take a dive.
0: Well, the thing is, is I don't like sitting with untrained people because they don't know what's going on.
2: Turn them
3: up. (laughs) Damn Damn up. Up. <laughs>
2: Dude, that's
0: when GSP beat the
1: holy shit out of Frank Trigg. Hey, what if Howard Stern paid for his little crew of people to go to UFC
0: fights and sit in the front row? That you would know, be he, funny. He, um,
1: he did that at a Yankee game he had. yeah Gary the Retard, Beetlejuice, and all the retards sitting directly behind home plate <laughs> so that everyone
0: would see him during the game. On TV. They should do that at the UFC, put him right behind Rogan and Goldie. <laughs> that would be funny. funny. Gary the Retard, Beetlejuice. Uh, what else is
1: there uh, to talk about? What else well, there wanna... there was a UFC last night, but you didn't watch it. Oh yeah. Well, tell us
2: about it, Matt. How many points were scored there?
1: <laughs> well, there was a lot of knockouts. There was a lot of submissions. Tell us who you impressed with the most. Well, first of all, I want to say that I made over a hundred bucks off of this one.
0: Also, you actually won a bet. How much, I, I won how much because did I lose.
1: I didn't lose anything. I, I I'm riding the train of betting against Uriah Hall. Uh, every time I bet against him, I win. Really? So, yeah. He I, I, he was the heavily. Heavily favored. I don't know why they every fight. His two fights in the UFC, he's just an ultimate fighter. He's never done nothing other than this ultimate fighting, which he didn't even win the ultimate fighter. He got two vicious
0: knockouts. He, he threw, hospitalized every opponent he faced. He
1: threw like a spinning kick that only is, that you're only going to land once in your whole career and knock knocks the guy out. And then he's got this crazy hype around him. He's like a five to one favorite, so um, he's easily to, And then he's fighting a guy that's like twenty. With over thirty fights and he's got like nine or ten fights. And he's uh-huh. heavily favored, so I bet against him. And um he he throws a spinning, um, you know, his crazy spinning shit. It doesn't work. The fight ends up going the who, distance. Who did he fight? Howard. So I don't even know who the guy I didn't even know who the guy was. I had to do some research. He hadn't been in the UFC for like three years. They they gave him they they brought this guy in to lose, basically. Harold Howard? No, not um Howard the Duck? <laughs> no, not Howard, Howard Dean. Howard Dean took off. His Howard home. Johnson. This guy was five. <laughs> this guy was five seven. He was, shor- he was shorter. Kimonis. than me. Fighting in the at the one eighty five mark. He was like a little tank. But um, he um, you know, ekes out a decision. But um, the surprising thing was um, Shonen, and, Shonen, and, um, Shonen. You mean Shannon tapping Shainin. out? Um, Shannon <laughs> tapping out. Big what gun. What the fuck's
2: wrong with your pronunciation? <laughs> what is he of the day, like dude? Irish. He-er-ismint.
3: <laughs> Here is like,
2: it. Hey, I'm from Nantucket. Let, let, let me tell you, and something. I'm filing a sexual harassment suit against I just from want to his jump mailing. in real
0: quick. I want to tell you something about Matt. This is the game Matt plays. Matt's one of the funnier people I've ever met in my life because when we were kids growing up in church, they used to make us read the scriptures during the service. They would give us a list of scriptures like this is what the pastor is going to read. So when when he says it, then one of you guys has to read it in the microphone. And this fool would sit next to me and affect his voice while he was reading. He'd read it like a black guy. He'd read it like an English guy. He'd read it like a redneck guy, with a straight face, pretending that that's how he talks. Okay, so and we're talking like ridiculous, not like minor alterations of words. We're talking like leaving off plural, like and add to your patience, virtue. Add to your virtue, patience, brotherly kindness. You know. <laughs> He's seventeen years old. Reading this, dude. That's the kind of guy he is. So when he says "Chow Shannon" and "Chow Shannon" and "Shannon Chow Choo Choo Train," he's screwing around. He's a screwball. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What was next? <laughs>
1: well, cool, the um, the cool uh, Travis Brown over him fight that was. Um, who won that fight? Brown knocked him out. Kicked him right in the f- over him. Lost again. He got knocked out. He was beating the sh- once again. He's the beginning of the fight. He's destroying him. Brown. I mean, he's hitting him so hard, kneeing him just as hard as he need. Brock Lesnar and, and he pretty much just took a beating. And the only thing dude was able to land was these like weird sh- front kicks, almost like you're kicking a soccer ball. He was uh-huh. throwing them. He landed like five or six of those, and then he finally he finally landed one right on his chin and just knocked him the fuck out. So, well, can I we heard.
0: I heard what's going on is that um, you can't cuss when you're talking about fights. Is that Alistair Overeem can't get any more horse steroids? <laughs> so, so he's
1: taking the human steroids, but he prefers the horse steroids.
0: Yeah,
2: Or
1: horse juice.
0: He's not. He's not able to get any. He actually usually eats entire human cadavers, you but know. he's not able to get that anymore. Yeah, this motherfucker fight is, is, is a Dragon Ball Z villain. You know what? That's what? He looks like. I think Alistair Overeem sucks. You know why I think he sucks? Cause he's one of these guys. You want him to? No, he's one of these guys who prays, who prays on being the biggest guy. He's got to be the biggest guy, or he can't win. Well, if you look at his style, he's he's got a
1: I don't like to get hit style, where he doesn't like to throw hardly any combos to leave himself open. He's a real one punch thrower, where he keeps himself really nice. Look to how big he, he is! Who,
0: why is he afraid of anybody? He's huge.
2: Have you seen him fight when he was early in Pride? He Used to be a lot smaller. Yeah. You've seen those fights? Yes. You've seen him get beat the fuck up?
0: Unimpressed.
2: He was like built like you. Dude. Like very unimpressively built.
0: <laughs>
2: like weak and frail. Dude. And he got knocked the fuck out, but he fucking came. He went He went away. He was never weak Studied, some, studied some Muay Thai. Muay studied hey. some Jujitsu. Entered the Abu Dhabi. Took third. Came back to pride. And fucked people up. Did he did
1: the Abu Dhabi?
2: Yeah, he took third. I didn't know that.
0: That's rigged. That's, anyway. that's impressive. Yeah. Rigged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because um, like
2: he had he he didn't have much Jiu Jitsu skill, then he fucking like all of a well, sudden I'm like he i, I read, he
1: guillotined the shit out of a lot of well, opponents.
2: Well that's that was after that. Because I remember I remember reading like fuck listen, what he he took third? The guillotine's not a valid jiu-jitsu.
0: submission. It's a muscle submission. <laughs> I'll grab your head and squeeze it. Make you down to my head squeeze. Are you
2: saying this because I fucking front choke you all the time?
0: Yeah, you do it. I'll grab you with ten fingers. It's, finger it, it's a thing front thing, choke, choke that like you. rips your head off your shoulders. It's like something you could teach, like a retarded dog to do. Guillotine, <laughs> my thing What's your favorite technique? Guillotine. Give me the guillotine. Grab the head and do the guillotine. <laughs> it's like.
2: I suppose Barambolo's on. for the intellects.
0: Barambolo is for little weenie guys, yeah. right?
2: That explains
0: it. the The real game is in the guillotine. That's Elio Gracie Jiu Jitsu, because everybody wears geese on the street.
3: <laughs> okay,
0: thank you. Okay, next, you know, Matt. You know, what else happened? Travis Brown. What about uh, Uriah Faber?
1: Um, he got he was in
0: big trouble early
1: on, early on. Uriah wrote out some some. He was did in a, did the dimple in his chin get any deeper? It may have. They say, it may have. He got tagged pretty good, but he um came back and and won. Um. Cause you know they could put Spackle on that. I think it was, a, it, think it was a, de- a, dis- a decision. Yeah, I think he he won a decision. By that time, I was really drunk. By the by the time
0: that fight, came, that doesn't sound like the Matt I know. Remember exactly what happened. <laughs> you drink? What about Matt Brown? He's Matt Brown's been on a run, dude. He fucked up, Mike Pyle. He's he, won he just, like six
1: fights in a row, seven in a row. Pyle's been on a pretty decent run too, but um, Matt Brown put it into it. And then
0: what about oh, you? Talk. What about Michael Johnson?
1: You know, um, he beat the shit out of Joe Lazon for three rounds. Like, I was impressed with the beating Joe Lazon took. Like, that was impressive.
0: Is Michael Johnson related to Michael Jordan? Um, ben. Oh, no. Never mind. No, like, related I'm to so, Howard Jordan. I'm still so stupid because I think MJ is. Michael J. Is he related to Michael Jackson? <laughs> I wonder what, what happens next for. Um, uh, how did Sean Joe Lazon do? Like,
1: he just. He has got the shit beat out of him. That's what he did. I like watching him fight. I mean, he got pounded on. He's a tough dude. I was actually probably impressed the most that night by how bad of a beating he took and kept fighting than any other thing that happened yeah. and it was a great one of the best cards they've ever put together for especially for free it was a lot of great fights
2: Manny Gambirian fought i
1: didn't catch that one that was the earlier prelim
2: against cole miller yeah i guess he, beat, he got a decision against cole miller he beat cole miller
1: yeah um Somebody else fought somebody thanked um tweeted a, a thank you to I think James
0: James Vick tweeted out a thank you to Lloyd Irvin and everyone. Who? Was, Lloyd yeah. Irvin's got a weird video online about like for leg lock training and he has a broomstick that he's taping up. It's really weird. He's lost his mind. He's gone he's gone mad. He's gone mad. Hey, we need to take a quick break and uh we'll be right back with Tanner Rice. <laughs> This is an Inside BJJ premium episode flashback to the Frank Gayaldo premium episode. To get the full episode, go to insidebjj.com slash premium and subscribe to a premium membership. Yeah, so out in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah,
1: I'm out in the middle of nowhere. He's huge. I'm tired and and Boy, and you really could have used some Gracie Jiu Jitsu, right? This I, 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 I could have used you guys, actually. Well, maybe not because you were seven
2: years old at the time, but <laughs>
1: um I ended up Let's see. So he was sort of in like kind of this natural stance, and and I
2: kicked him in the balls. (laughs) 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 What a bastard! Yeah, you know. Sorry, I
1: I know. I know this is a you know MMA uh, (laughs) podcast. I wish I had like some great story
2: to tell you that that was an amazing dude, brilliant. Yeah, I I would love to tell you. I, I did a you know.
0: Uh, uh, But no. Welcome back to the Inside BJJ podcast. We're joined on the line with a local black belt that I've seen around at quite a few competitions. And his family is is pretty well known in Northern California. Uh, It's like they're almost like the Partridge family of jiu-jitsu. I just picture them coming down like a jiu-jitsu bus. A bunch of them getting off, winning the tournament. They all get back on the bus with their gold medals and drive back to Reading, it seems like. You uh, imagine them dancing too? Not, not dancing or playing instruments. That was just, a really weird reference. Just tapping people out. It just seems like a big close knit family that loves jujitsu. Apologize for Tim. But... <laughs> We're joining the lineup with Tanner Rice. How you doing this morning, Tanner? I'm doing great. So, hey, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Can you can you talk a little bit about your background and how you got started in jujitsu? Uh, specifically, um, your your dad started in jujitsu first, right? And then kind of kind of taught taught the sons. Is that is that kind of accurate?
4: Yes, he, he did. He, uh, he. I started when he was a purple belt. He's now a black belt, and I was about seven years old, and he started me and my brothers in it.
0: So so how how did your dad get introduced to jiu-jitsu?
4: Um, he got shown through John Dill, which is under – he's under uh, Hickson. And, um, you know, they came up, and they were in the garage here in Reading for a while. John Dill moved here from down south. And, uh, he was, they just trained every day. My dad was his most loyal student and, uh, he got his butt bummed at him.
0: It, it's interesting to me. I mean, cause we, we we're from Stockton, which is, you know, a central Valley town and in Redding's kind of similar, you know, it's kind of remote. It's kind of up, up a little ways out past Sacramento. And when you think about jujitsu and you think about learning jujitsu, getting a black belt, you typically don't think about doing it in Redding. You, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a, it's interesting to me that your dad you know trained Jeez. with a guy who was under Hickson, but it, it took place in 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 Reading. How did your dad meet John Doe? How did that happen?
4: Um, believe it or not, my dad owned a, a chain of hardware stores here in Reading, and um, John Doe came into the to the, the business one time, and they met through that way. But my dad was always into karate. My dad has a background karate under showing in Choyan Roof. So he was already interested in martial arts, and when John Bill came in, they started talking. And then my dad tried it one day, and uh, they actually started doing it in the back of the store. That's <laughs> where they originally started.
0: The back of and, the hard- uh, hardware store.
4: Yeah, and after that, it kind of just exploded. After that, we opened a school, and you know, and then jiu jitsu's pretty big up here now.
1: What year was that when he first started training jiu jitsu?
4: That was probably ninety two wow God, that was
1: that was before the u f c then wasn't it? was that
3: before
0: yeah, wow, that's an awful long time ago so <laughs> did, did did your dad have have the opportunity to train with Hickson at all or or was it just through John Don?
4: um, they trained a handful of times, but not anything ridiculous, you know, I think my dad took like two or three private lessons from him. Um, and he came down with John Dillon, trained with him, and they actually came down to the garage one time here, up north, actually, (laughs) and, uh, it was pretty interesting. I was young. I was too young to remember, but, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, he came down one time and took a private lesson. He took a few while he was up here.
0: Did you
1: like jiu-jitsu right away when your dad put you in it at a young age?
4: Like any kid, I didn't like getting my butt kicked, you know, and my dad, he, he's more like old school. So old school jiu-jitsu is more like smash you until you learn. <laughs> and so, no, I didn't, to be honest with you. My dad kind of pushed me through it at a younger age. And then, you know, once I started beating these older, you know, adults at a younger age, at you know, 11, 12, 13 and up, it, you know, I started to fall in love
3: with
4: it, but So, I uh, started uh, out with my older brothers. They also do jujitsu, and they were just kicking my butt to start out with so you know how it is. I mean, an ego of a smaller kid, it's its hard sometimes, you gotta kinda, you know, ease a kid into it, but that's not the way my dad was taught, so did you get
2: hard and, to
3: start out with.
2: Do you get pissed and go a little brother berserker with like snot coming out of your nose and
3: fucking yeah, kill yeah. you, fucking yeah. <laughs> kill you, get the fuck off me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did uh, how many older brothers do you have, Tanner?
4: I have two younger brothers, two older. I'm the middle child.
0: Holy oh, shit. I see. That and, explains and it. Do your older brothers still train jujitsu?
4: They do. One teaches at a, a school in LA called Fight Academy and a Gracie Baja School in Pasadena. And um, another one, he doesn't train too much, but he trains the helps train the special forces over in Tennessee. Oh wow! And. He, yeah, he helped train those guys down there. And, and, he and, was in the military for a long time, so.
0: And and you have a y you have two younger brothers. I think I've met your your younger brother that's right un, under you. I think I met him at the yeah. US Open. Uh what's his Sam. name? Sam. Sam, yeah, Sam Rice. And then you have an even younger brother than that, right?
4: Matthew, yeah. He's uh fourteen. He competes in the juvenile division. He does well. He's gotten his his fourth goal in a row as a blue at fourteen.
0: So. Wow. Wow. That That's pretty cool, man, that, that there's a whole family that trains. So how does it, how do the dynamics work now? So do you guys still train together as a family or obviously your two older brothers kind of are doing their own thing, but are you and your younger brother still together or how does oh, that yeah, work? Oh Of
4: course. We we train together every day. We drill, you know, we're, my younger brother is my main training partner. You know, it's uh, up here, you know, there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a, we have a lot of students, but, my main is you know, guy that pushes me is my younger brother Sam. He's you know, he's getting really good and he he lost in the quarterfinals finals of the world. So he's getting up there, you know, he lost by two points and he's doing great and he's only sixteen, so Wow.
0: Wow, that's pretty impressive. So when you started learning jujitsu and, and I think I read this and you could you can kinda correct it or or tell the proper version of it. Um, is it correct that you guys were, were home studied and so you guys were home most of the time and you went through your homeschooling, but you also had the opportunity to train quite a bit?
4: Oh, of course. Yeah. We, uh, no, we, we had, we were homeschooled most of our lives. Um, I went to high school for two years and then, you know, we opened the gym and then, um, after that I had to teach and stuff and I started teaching at a young age. So, you know, the gym has been here for a long time and, you know, we, uh, we train hard. We have a lot of connections here and, um, yeah, but as far as my other brothers go, they didn't even go to high school. They're all homeschooled and they just train all day with me. So
0: did they, did they ever, ever, because I was home studied from like six, uh, seventh grade to, to to 12th grade. And I, I didn't like it that much, but I also didn't have a bunch of cool brothers that I got to train jujitsu with all day. I was basically just, you know, in my room being a weirdo. So, uh, do your do your brothers ever have any resentment for that, or do they ever feel like they're lacking anything socially because of that, or do they get enough of that met through jujitsu?
4: Um, you know, they they don't get enough of that through jujitsu. Um, yeah, that's yeah, especially at a younger age. You know, they're fourteen and sixteen, so you know, the, obviously Sam. You know, he's a cute kid. He, he's tall, with long blonde hair. He's got that surfer look going on. So you know, he he likes to go hang out with the girls, and <laughs> you know, and, and when I want to drill all day and. <laughs> and lift weights and do all this, you know. He's always like, "Man, I want to go hang out with this girl, I'll go to the movies." I'm like, "All right." Well, so you, you got to have to be lenient, you know. Matthew, Matthew's the same way, you know. He he likes girls, and you know, I mean, that's fine. You know, I like girls too. It's just they at a younger age, you know, you gotta kind of let them do their own thing until they're old enough to realize what has to be done. You know,
0: you're you're like okay, Sam, but you're never gonna get the Omo plotter right. If you spend all your time chasing <laughs> yeah, girls exactly, at the movies.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you're
2: all
0: you're scorning him after he loses at the corner final in the world you're like you could have made it to the semis but you had to go see dark knight returns with betty sue so oh
3: yeah don't
0: cry to me on the way home in the bus exactly second (laughs) second place
2: is last choice on the boondang
0: yeah
1: How much of it? I mean, when I was watching you compete, what was in um in San Jose, and it seemed like you were getting a lot of um good advice from your brother during your matches. How much of an advantage do you think you guys have when you are coaching each other?
4: Um, I think we have a great advantage because you know we we drill together, and you know all we do is train with each other. And so you know when we when we compete uh, when we roll against each other, we know exactly what we want to do, you know, and um, we know exactly what you know, what moves we like and we don't like and what situations we're bad in and good in. So, you know, it's good because when Sam sees that, you know, he knows exactly what, you know, where I like to go so he can yell at me. Maybe I'm not thinking right while competing and he'll yell at me and I'll remember and I'm the same way with him. So it's great to to have him in my corner and my dad, you know, obviously hearing my dad yell at me in the corner is really good. So. Do you guys
2: have a secret, like, sibling language that nobody understands? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. No, not much. We kinda of just yell at each other like um it's kinda of funny funny because a lot of people have um you know, like have uh, names for moves and stuff, like flower sweep and all that, yeah. but we don't really Yeah like cannon. Bebop, uh, we don't, Bebop.
2: Bebop buddy, yeah. bee Like, what
4: the
3: fuck? <laughs> what is that? What is he saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so we,
4: we we don't really have any names of moves, so we just kinda of just yell what we want to do. <laughs> I guess we should try to get a secret code <laughs> down or something. So
0: it, it might it might go faster you <laughs> know instead of like yeah, swing your it. left leg over his right yeah. shoulder so w- one of the yeah. things that uh i remember reading about you is is that your your dad cannot watch you compete live right wasn't this a thing where like when you did the worlds he was pretty nervous and and he would he stayed home and he would call in to somebody for updates while you're competing right because he just kind of couldn't handle the intensity of it
4: yeah, he did. He it was. I don't know why he's like that. He just gets so nervous, man. I he think he's gonna have a freaking heart attack over there. His face <laughs> turns all red and stuff. You know, like he gets nervous when all of us compete. So but he he goes to the ones like America's Cup. He was there, you know, and uh, U.S. Open. He goes to. So he goes to the one pretty close to us. But like Worlds and stuff, he gets so freaking nervous, man. It's, it's hard for him. You know, like uh, like the pro league, he didn't. You know, he just watched over the over the computer. He, he was too nervous to even try to figure or try to watch. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think one day he'll he'll wish that he was there, you know, hopefully when we do something great, but you know, it, it's, uh, but I think he, um, he over-exaggerates a little some of the time, but he gets pretty emotional when we compete too. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that though, especially if, you, you know, you're the first to learn jujitsu and you're up in Reading and you're kinda of doing this out of your out of the back of your hardware store, then your garage and, and you get your boys involved and then your boys start reaching these really high levels in jujitsu. I could see where that would be really exciting to watch as a father, but also make make a father extremely nervous to watch just because he oh, yeah. he he probably wants you guys to win so badly and do well, but you know, it's probably hard to contain it. That would that would probably make me feel the same way to be honest. Can you talk about so so you, you earned your black belt from Cobrinha. Can you talk about how how did you meet Cobrinha and, and, and how did you get hooked up with him and start training with Cobrinha?
4: To be honest with you, um, you know, up here in Reading, like I said, it's small, so like when I when I met Cobrinha, I didn't even know any of those guys, like Michael Wayney, all those guys, like I didn't really know who they were. And then my dad found a camp, like a world's training camp, and he's like, man, you want to go? And I'm like, oh, sure. You know, (laughs) that's, you know, I'll I'll go. And then when I met Cabrina, you know, obviously he, he helped me a lot. And, um, and he took me in and he, you know, he showed me a lot of stuff and, uh, then I could take it back here to Reading and, and, you know, drill it and do what I could with it. But the way I met him was through the World's Training Camp. And that's where I met like Michael Laney and all those guys. And they, you know, obviously they kicked my ass. And then, you know, I loved it after that, and I kept on going down
0: there. It's it's interesting to me that uh, what belt level were you at when you when you met these guys? I was brown. So so you're brown belt, and you were a pretty active competitor. I'm I'm assuming, right?
4: Oh yeah, I was. I just wasn't you know at that level that I am now.
0: Yeah, and and it's and it's like you weren't really tied into the the who's who of of jujitsu. So you're just kind of like training, putting your time in, working really hard. Um. You know, but but like you said, you didn't really know who all these guys were. It wasn't like you were following all these dudes. Like, that's Cobrino. Yeah. That's Michael Lange. That's this guy. So you go yeah. down there and you train with them. And, and how did you do at the training? I mean, they're obviously world, they're world-class black belts, but they had to have seen something in you, right, that they wanted to kind of help you and take you under their wing.
4: You know, the only thing is, that, man, mean, I just, and that's one thing that my brothers don't really like, about i down here, is I, man, I'll train seven days a week all day long just because, you know, I love it. And my work ethic, I think is the main thing. I'm not a very talented guy. So what I have to do, I have to work harder than everyone else to, huh. to you know, learn a freaking a scissor sweep, you know what I mean? So if, you know, I have to do it over and over again before someone does it, you know, a talented person will do it one time and know it. So I think just because like when I went down there, I you know, I worked really hard. I never complained, you know, I was sore or anything. I just, you know if they if Sabrina told me to go with someone I would go as hard as I possibly could and if I lost you know he saw that I was going hard and I gave it my all so um I think he just probably noticed the work ethic that's what he told me anyway um he said you know you have you know you're and a great kid and and I already had been to Brazil before I went to Cabrinhas and uh you know and I I spoke Portuguese and you know he knew that I put in a lot of work um, I think that's why probably he noticed me. Probably, I, you know. But the main thing I think is just because I, you know, I trained my heart out. I was there for every class. You know, I would never miss a class while I was down there. So.
0: So how did? So before you trained with Cabrinha, were you mostly training with your dad? And and you said you went to Brazil, but I mean, who who was your main instructor? Who who were you learning from? Where were you kind of getting better?
4: I was, you know, be honest with you, man, I was, I wouldn't, you know, I was just training, you know, I had no, I was kind of going blindfolded for a little while. Wow. Um. So it was, t- that's what I'm saying, it was, it was tough, it, you know, and when I met Cabrina like, you know, he helped me a lot, he gave me some drills to do, and it just changed my game instantly, you know, and I had to put in a lot of work, and my brothers obviously helped me, and, and now we're, you know, we're at this level, and under, you know, two years that we've, went here, you know, I wish I would have had Cabrina before that or, yeah. uh, you know, but unfortunately I didn't know who he was or, you know, if there was any other jujitsu out there <laughs> for that matter. So wow. it was just, you know, it was just, C- uh, descri- just...
0: can you describe, can you describe Cabrina's style as, as, as an instructor? You said he gave you some drills, but like what, what's his style? Can you what's
2: describe, describe it in the form of an animal? Come on. <laughs> what's <laughs> his style?
4: <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like he, to be honest with you, like, I've trained with a lot of people, you know, and and uh, by far that guy, you know, he knows a lot, but he is the strongest dude. Like, oh my gosh, like, he's insanely strong. So, like, yeah, it's funny because if you want something, it's like he's going to get it. Whether it's that minute or 10 minutes from then, it's he's still going to get it. So, sometimes he would put me in a choke. And I would see it coming from a mile away, but there is no way in hell that I was going to stop it. You know, and he would do the same choke to me over and over again just because he wanted to. <laughs> so it, it it was like a, you know, he was he kind of I, when he instructs you, like he he goes by and makes sure you're doing it right, but he kind of looks at you more as a person sometimes. Like if he he's not going to pay attention to you, I don't think if he doesn't see like that you're you're working hard and you're willing to do that extra uh, work to go somewhere with the sport. Because, you know, I saw a lot of people, they were really good there, but they were kind of, they wouldn't show up to every class. Sometimes they would show up, like, maybe high or tight, you know. <laughs> and then, he, you know, you'd look at those guys, and just instantly you could see Cabrera just kind of, like, look down and just go on to someone else. You would rather work with a white belt that was, willing to work hard than a a really good purple belt that wasn't, you know what I mean? So for him, his teaching style was more of like whoever was willing to put in the work. His teaching was, you know, great. His details were great. Um, but just that right there, it kind of made you feel good because it made you want to be better as a person just to get attention. You know what I mean? Just to get that extra jujitsu technique of the day from cabrina you wanted to outside of class you kind of wanted to be a you know you didn't want to go to a bar and drink and feel shitty the next day you know
0: yeah
2: yeah that
4: makes any sense
2: so if you gave it an animal name you'd say it was a gorilla gorilla (laughs) he's gorilla.
4: um yeah probably king kong yeah i mean he was just he's he's freaking strong and he's just ridiculous
0: what's his work ethic like? I mean, I've I've, I've seen some videos of him conditioning and, and, and training and stuff, and he looks like he's he pretty. just
2: explain his fucking outlook on work ethic, dude. Okay, you know what, Ernest? He's super fucking lazy, but he <laughs> wants everybody else to work hard, too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Don't even answer that one, dude.
0: I'm just kidding. You can answer it. <laughs> just, I told you this is a very formal show.
3: I mean, can answer a silly question. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, the, the reason I'm asking you this uh, is, is because – you know, lately, Hafa Mendez has been cabrina's kind of kryptonite. You know what I mean. And, but Cabrini oh, yeah, still getting out there. He's still working hard. He's still getting after it. He's not running away from the challenge. So it it just seems like he's one of these guys who just will not give up in terms of like trying to get better, trying to improve himself.
4: To be honest with you, man, like you know, it, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not gonna sick bad about anyone. I'm not trying to hack on anyone. But I know for a fact that the Mendez brothers, they drill all the time. You know, that's just the way they learn. You know, that's the way, that, and I think that's the best way is to drill. And obviously the conditioning is insane, but Cabrini, on the other hand, I'm not trying to say that because, you know, he helped me a lot and everything, but he does more of, like, strength and conditioning more than drilling. Like, I've never seen Sabrina drill ever, to be honest with you. But as far as his conditioning, his rolling, how much he rolls, is by far more than anybody else.
3: Interesting. You know?
4: Yeah, but, you know, that's just maybe his style. I have no idea. Um, you know, he said, I asked him one time, he kind of got a little offended of, you know, how he drills. You know, why? when does he drill or why doesn't he drill? He got a little pissed off at me, you know. But I, and, and he said, you know, I always drill while I'm grappling. So what he meant by that, like, while he's, you know, like when I said he did a choke on me 10 times in one match, it's because that's, he said he's drilling, you know, with the resistance. So it's just a different style, I think. He said he's drilling while he's rolling. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, you know? So if he's drilling, even if he's going to the black belt, he's going to try to do the same move over and over again, even when the guy sees it coming. You know what
0: I mean? Just the resistance training is yeah. completely different. Yeah, you know? we we had um, Roberto Abreu on. Um, God, it was probably over a year ago, and he said the same thing that he he never drills. He's, I never
2: once drill in my life.
0: Yeah, he said I don't learn that way. He just if he sees a new technique, he waste just, of time. Yeah, he tries it while he's rolling live. But then on the flip yeah. side, like I've I've talked to Andre Galval, we've had him on, and and he's like the Mendez brothers, where he drills like eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just all drilling, and then as he gets closer to a competition, he'll start rolling live a little bit more, but they're really, really big. on So just... he
2: said exactly the opposite thing, but with a slur.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, he he drills constantly. So, I, I mean, what, yeah. where do you fall at on that? You said that you'll drill all day, and, and it seems like uh, drilling is where you get better.
4: Yeah, I think drilling, I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, if you take the Meow Brothers, for example— they're not very strong. I mean, they're, you know, they're ripped dudes, but they're not like, they're not like huge. You know what I mean, they're not strong kids, you know. They're, you know, they drill all day. That's what they're known for. And look what they're doing now, you know. They're, they're at the top of the game at, at a light featherweight division. You know what I mean? That's just insane. So, you know, I think drilling is the biggest thing with me. I think both strength and conditioning and drilling are very important, but drilling is by far, I think, the most important.
0: How many how many hours a day do you spend on that
4: drilling? Like before worlds and stuff, like I'll do five hours of drilling. Jeez. Me and my brothers, Are but they? that's not just that's not just me. That's split up obviously because I'll do five minutes or ten minutes, and then my brother will do ten minutes. You know, so it's it's split up. So it's like two and a half hours each, and then you got conditioning and three classes a day um, on top of all that. You know, so you're on the mats all day, you know, you just stop to eat and then you get back on. So uh, it's just the way it is. And,
0: and how, <laughs> how, how, how much has teaching impacted your, your jujitsu?
4: You know, it, it, it helps me so much. It, it, it's hard to see sometimes, but it, you know, just when you hear it, you know, it, you more real, you realize it, you know, you, you needed to hear it yourself. You know, you knew it was, <laughs> so when you're teaching it and you're teaching a movie you do it on everyone. And then you teach this little detail. You're like, oh wow, that's that's why this works, and that's why this works because you didn't really ask yourself that question. Maybe you did while you were instructing. It's kind of weird, you know. So I was instructing since I was about 16. So you know, it was. I've learned a lot. You know, I love teaching. You know, I, I love teaching the kids mostly. It's just
3: um,
4: adults kind of pick and choose their moves, but kids, you know, whatever you show them, they're just gonna they're gonna do. You know,
0: yeah they're very so. they're very much more open than, than adults are in terms of like learning new things and trying things
4: yeah but i mean I love teaching the kids by far
0: what are the dynamics like when you're teaching your brothers i mean do you ever get resistance from your brothers and they're kind of like ah that's just tanner like screw you tanner <laughs> <laughs> uh
4: yeah sometimes like my older my the older younger brother sam he's he's getting a little you know he's He's making up his own things here and there and and I respect that. And sometimes I, I frown apart upon it. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, I don't. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, that's awesome. You know.
1: That's not real rice jujitsu.
2: What specific Yeah, would
4: exactly. You... So like he'll do something crazy, like Sam loves to do flips and flying triangles <laughs> and flying arm bars, flying everything. So and me on the other hand, I'm kinda more like I like to spin under the guy and swoop him from there, you know? So it's two different styles. He likes to just you know, try to ream the person, when me, I'm trying to just make him feel like a little kid, you know what I mean? So, our two different styles, like, that's why we train so well together is because we push each other in the styles that we're not used to, but he, uh, you know, as far as the teaching goes, like, sometimes I'll show him something, and you can tell he listens to everything, but sometimes, you know, when he rolls, it'll be right there in front of his face. What I showed him, and he'll be like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna do this." You know, so, you know, he, he listens. You know, he shuts his mouth and listens, and so does my other younger brother. And uh, you know, and he does. And um, he respects me a lot, though, and I respect him. So, you know, we work well together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's anytime you have the family dynamic involved, it's it's always a, a, a little bit extra. I wanted to ask you, and and I think this is this is right. You have a, a student a girl student in your kids program. I think her name is Sophia who wins a bunch of tournaments. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I ask is I have a student in my kids program named Justin and uh, Justin keeps losing to Sophia. It, in, in so that the like, chick
2: with the long brain? Yeah. <laughs> it like Mexican chick?
0: Every finals match, it's like Justin loses to Sophia. It's happened like four dude, times now. I give now. that
2: kid so much shit <laughs> during practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, just pretend it's Sophia, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: we tell him that, and then if he's like, if he's dogging it, we're like, dude, you're never gonna beat Sophia that way, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, or it's the other kid he's rolling with, him and we're like, dude, just just tell him to call you Sophia. He'll, just, he'll let you pass his guard and submit him. Yeah, she's a, she's awesome.
0: a pretty good little competitor, though, man. Uh, it it uh, the last time they they matched up, Justin was like, oh, dude, Sophia's here again. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. she needs to just stay
3: yeah. home.
4: <laughs> yeah, he. They like they those both those girls her and her sister take privates you know, twice a week and you know they're there for every class and sometimes adults adult class too you know and then they work out and drill by themselves, um, you know after the classes so they're putting in a ton of work you know they're they're you know they lift weights they do everything they need to do you know so
0: how do you um, how do you incorporate the kids into the adult class I mean at what age and in, in... How, do, how does that work? Because we, we kind of try to do the same thing, but it's kind of like on a per-kid basis, it almost seems like whether they're ready to move and train with the adults or not.
4: Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, when we when we let the kids come in, it's more of like, you know, you're here because you can be, you know, kind of thing. It's not like you're you're going to be, t- you know, you're there when it's adult class, you're focusing on the adults. It's their time, you know what I mean? When it's ki- When the kids show up, you have to kind of, you know, you walk by, you make sure they do it right, but while you're while they're rolling or anything else, you kind of have to focus on the adults, because it's their time, you know, it's in um, you know the kids' class, they have their own time. But as far as the techniques go, you know, we don't let uh, any kid just walk in, you know, as long as he can handle, if we think that he can handle the techniques that we show in the adult class, or that, you know, they're very respectful and they're, you know, they're very well-mannered, where they won't. Out um, act out in class, then, yeah, they can show up to adult class. That's where, you know, but we're not going to let a brand-new kid just walk into to the adult class. It's just, you can't let
0: that happen. Yeah, it's too much of a distraction, and it's kind of a liability, too, that it's easy to get hurt. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle it, though, if you have, like, so does this dynamic happen where you have a, a newer adult, maybe they have, a you know, five, six months of training, and you have a 14-year-old kid who's really better than the adult and can tap the adult out but the adult is extremely aggressive because he does not want to be submitted by a teenager <laughs> yeah who wants that does, does that scenario ever play out with you guys
4: oh yeah uh all the time <laughs> it, and it all the time it, but you know the people here i, I like it because it kind of keeps the Reading's a smaller town you know so like there's a lot of egotistical people like, oh, this is my town, you know, and they walk around with their tap-out shirts and, <laughs> and they're, you know what I mean? They're taking, and So, and there's a lot of MMA fights like in the casinos and crap, you know. So there's a lot of guys that will come in they're like, oh, I want to get my ground game, you know, <laughs> caught up and I have a week left until my fight. And I'm like, oh, well, you're going to learn a lot in a week, you know, yeah. like, great. So <laughs> why don't you go with this 14-year-old girl? And then the fourteen-year-old girl taps him out right before he has his MMA fight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like, oh have, dude, that's it a YouTube, YouTube happens like every other day here.
1: YouTube horrible, sensation you know? right there.
4: Yeah. So th- then they're like, oh my gosh, like this fourteen-year-old girl <laughs> just hilarious. tapped me out, and I'm going, <laughs> and people are paying me to, you know, uh, people are paying to watch me at this freaking casino, you know. <laughs> so it's hilarious. So and, and it keeps the it keeps the gym. More of a family environment, it keeps the egotistical guys out and the people that are willing to learn in. You know, by putting the kids with those guys.
1: Do they ever? That's s- what I believe. Have you ever seen the scenario where that they come in and they got their fight, and you put them with this fourteen-year-old girl, and they get tapped out? Do you ever see them becoming humble and sticking with it, or do they always never come back?
2: Never come back.
4: You know, <laughs> to be honest with you, eighty percent of a man leaves. You know. Um, but those guys that go, holy shit, you know, maybe I shouldn't take this fight, you know, <laughs> and they, you know, they back out they, of their you know, fight. They, I would. Yeah. They realize that we've had a few guys, you know, we had this big, like 260 pound, like just black dude. just like huge. And he comes in and, you know, Matthew, Matthew's 14, you know, he's got braces he's got gets all over his face <laughs> and he taps them out. You know what I mean? And then he's like, shit, you know, I'm I'm supposed to go pro. We have pro fighters that come in and Sam is just dreaming, you know, making him scream. Like 240-pound dudes, and it's like, you know, and, it, and some of them stay, and some of them, their egos just literally can't handle it. Like, they just give up. And they're just like, I can't go there. I'm going to go to this other gym to where I'm, like, the best one, and everybody loves me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's... Yeah. As far as like the ego, yeah, you can see them. You sit there and watch them, and as soon as they get tapped out, it's like almost you know if they're gonna stay or if they're gonna leave. Sometimes even before they roll, you know, you can tell like oh this guy's gonna last today and he's gonna leave. So mm-hmm.
0: it, it, it's pretty it's pretty hard for dudes who who have a self image of being a fighter and being really tough and being able to knock people out and finish fights and do all this stuff to go in and and get beat by somebody who's completely physically unassuming. And is not intimidating in any manner. You know, fourteen year old, like say with zits and braces, who just has really good clean technique. You know, and and they handle them. It's it's pretty hard for a, a man to to deal with that and be like, okay, man, I kind of suck. Because most guys, most guys, in fact, every guy I've ever met, to be honest with you. Especially the ones that don't train think they're really tough if they have to fight. I mean, everybody thinks they're tough, and and one of the common sayings is like, "I get crazy when I'm mad. I'm crazy." Well, everybody's crazy when they're mad. You know, it's like big deal, dude. You know,
2: well, that's why we're really proud of Matt, dude, because he he actually went through that slump of giving up on almost life itself. <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> but now, like he's been he's been coming regularly. He's like almost actually, regularly. Like, almost looks like he knows what he's doing when he's rolling now. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I know he had to go through a lot and humble himself. He wanted a couple of like probably psychedelic trips and like explored his life. Well, you but know, he's here, um, and that's all that matters.
1: Do you have any advice for someone who's like a twelve year white belt? Is there any? That
4: <laughs> twelve year white belt yeah.
2: give up? Like I said, he took you know, a little layoff.
4: No, to be a twelve year white belt most 12-year white belts weren't training with someone any good. You know, they didn't have a good instructor. So.
2: I, I, I totally Which agree school.
4: with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: kidding.
4: <laughs> yeah, so they need to, you know, um, a 12-year white belt, I mean, either you didn't show up every day or either your instructor just doesn't, you know, know what he's doing mm-hmm. you know in mean? any So
2: What are you saying? Yeah, well, Ernest, <laughs> you're his instructor, so. <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm
4: just you know, He's been there for twelve years. He's been
2: a shot something, you know. So, he's only been with me a year. So, now Matt, Matt oh, is Matt like is one of cat. these guys.
0: He's been training around jujitsu since the Lions Den days. He was going up there in Lodi, and then he uh, he's trained around Jiu-Jitsu. So he comes off like oh, I'm a white belt. Oh, I don't know anything, but it, it's that's not exact. It's not accurate. i Let me
3: give you a better analogy, so you <laughs> so
2: you fully understand what we're talking about with Matt. You ever been to a strip club and there's like this super hot chick? She's like almost hotter than all the other dancers. But she'll only work the front desk, <laughs> That's and everybody's Matt. like, "You guys, you should really dance." And every now and then, she'll go and like clean the pole in the mirror, and like she'll oh do a couple, God. she'll do a couple of moves, and everybody'll go ape shit. And she'll go, "No, no, no," and she'll get down from the stage. And you're like, "What a fucking!" T-. She's she likes to strut her shit and get all the attention, but she doesn't have the balls to actually get up on the stage. Is that and Matt? Do her
0: shit. Are you saying that's Matt? That's Matt. <laughs>
2: nice <laughs> and so like oh he's almost aging out you know he's almost i've never like, been compared
1: to a stripper before
2: it's, a, it's almost that. like nah, man you should have done it when you were younger but like you know fuck it. i mean
0: give you should have done it when you were young give it give it the old college try you know never too late hey let's uh let's jump to our rumor segment tanner we got some uh, rumors lined up for you and uh it's a special segment it's it, we haven't brought it out in a while and we've been thinking man we got to bring the rumors out so we're gonna bring them out hope you're ready sir
3: uh in all, right, get all these rumors every day. I just need
2: some time. Some time to get away from all these rumors. Tanner. Yeah. Dude, are you gay? Oh,
0: come on. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Dude, are you gay?
4: No, I'm not gay. Are you sure? I'm positive.
2: I mean, it'd be cool if you were. I mean, we wouldn't. We'd still be cool. <laughs> no. How do you know? How do you know you're not gay?
4: Um, I don't know. I mean, I have a girlfriend. She's hot, you know, and I really like it. And you know, like, it, uh I don't. <laughs> you know, um, when I watch a porno, I don't stare at the dude's <laughs> balls. You know, <laughs> that's probably how I know.
2: Oh, you couldn't have answered better. All right, well, <laughs> he's not gay, guys. Okay,
0: cross that one off the list. Yeah. Okay. And well, scene. <laughs> I, I just want to say this, Tanner. I don't know any of the questions he's going to ask beforehand. So there <laughs> just... he
2: goes, backpedaling ass, Tim.
0: Look, Jesus I'm going to see Tanner in a tournament, right? <laughs>
2: I'm going to see him. I harder. don't want
0: Tanner to hurt me, dude. I don't want the Rice brothers <laughs> to be.
4: Oh fuck! They're going to sick their. <laughs> that for... is not the question I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> Holy shit!
0: They are going to sick their 14-year-old zip-faced, braced-out uh, brother on me, and he's going to punk me in a tournament in front did of everybody. You call too. my brother no i didn't i just asked him Uh, if he was i didn't call him do do you have any more rumors Ernest? that was it that was (laughs) was the only one man holy crap ernest mellow that that even surprised me you made me extremely uncomfortable with that question dude wow tanner you're a pretty good sport dude you're a pretty cool dude man uh
3: Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get up there and train with you guys in Redding. Yeah. It's far. it's like three hours from Stockton. Well, Tim, am. he's not gay, so I don't yeah, know, it is. I
2: don't know. <laughs> Tim, on the other hand, so do you, dabbles in the game?
0: Do you ever um, do you ever travel around to gyms in Northern California and, and drop in, or, or do you mainly just kind of stick stick up there in Redding?
4: You know, um, I do. You know, um, I've went down to Sacramento and mostly like San Jose and Santa Cruz area. Um, I'll go down there a lot, you know, like Kyotera. I've been there, and like uh, um, I've trained with Manny Diaz and them. So it's kind of, it's fun training with the guys, you know, Nathan and them. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I go down there once in a while, but we, you know, me and Nathan, like, there's still that competitor aspect there. So it's kind of hard around the gyms when. You're gonna be competing against them, you know. So it's kind of weird too. So yeah, we I don't go as much often as
0: I as I want to. We we actually we had Nate on Nate Mendelson on last last weekend. He was the guest on the show. So yeah, it's it, I really like talking to local guys that are black belts and that are competing and that are kind of trying to trying to get out there. And, and one of the things we like to do is is help promote what you guys are doing because you know the jujitsu magazines and all that stuff they're always focused on like the Mendez brothers or you know Hodr Gracie or Bufetcha yeah. or and, and that's cool those guys are awesome right they deserve credit they put in a lot of hard work and hard time but man there's a lot of jujitsu jitsu dudes in northern california that don't get nearly enough like one you mentioned Manny Diaz dude that guy's amazing he's awesome but yeah. they don't get enough credit they don't get enough publicity no, they don't, don't. get enough at all. So one of the things we've been trying to do lately is get these guys on the show and and promote them and get their names out there, man, and and, and talk about it. I
4: appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so
0: it's been a blast to have you on, man. Uh, We also like to ask them if they're gay. That's one of our main... That's the whole focus of the whole show is to get that question out there, (laughs) Oh, man, you
4: got
3: me off guard. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) What what we're trying
0: to do is get the first
1: person to come out of the closet on our podcast
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I gonna, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, you, I, you you not have, what you I I thought you were going to expect like, oh, did you hear this black belt say something else or <laughs> something stupid like that? Yeah, but he just said, "Dude, expect, are you like, gay? Are you gay?" I thought I thought you were. I, I thought he was asking you. I didn't think you was asking me.
0: <laughs> I noticed Tanner was really quiet, and I was looking at Ernest like, "Dude, what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought he was
3: asking you, so I was like,
0: "Why is he answering?" I like, hey, he's <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, you
2: responded perfectly. That was great, yeah.
0: man, dude. You're a cool guy, Tanner. I wanted to thank you for coming on the show, dude. It's it's been a really, really fun interview, and uh, I, I hope to see you again soon, man. Probably probably bump into you at the U.S. Open if you're up there. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on
4: today. Awesome, guys. Thank you. All, All, right, take man. You All right, man.
0: Thanks, Have bro. A really Have a weekend. good one, man. All right. Bye. I don't know what's wrong with you, dude. You got something dude, wrong. I with told
1: him. you when he said that Just you didn't. would to do the rumor segment. I'm like, dude.
0: <laughs> he comes in. He he. As soon as you know, that wasn't that bad. I didn't. I
1: got way more uncomfortable in some of these other. No, ones. no, because, dude, because, dude. As soon as dude, because Tanner,
0: Tanner's cool. Like, yeah, he's, but he's he a wouldn't cool. He would have been guy.
1: cool. It could have been. For yes. Really bad.
0: <laughs> as soon as I answered the front door this morning, Ernest is like. We're doing rumors today. I want you to make sure you tell Tanner before time that we're doing rumors, and then you need to bring it up again and make sure he's cool with it.
2: <laughs> I like how you were scared as shit when we first sat down. Before we started recording, you're like, dude, are you going to really super offend him, dude? Come on, seriously. Are you going to really offend him? I'm like, just do the segment.
0: I I I love you and I hate you at the same time, dude. I You walk a very fine line, dude. Sometimes you get on the wrong side of the line. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do things and they turn out really funny, and the guest laughs hard. And then sometimes it's extremely silent and uncomfortable when you. you Either way, we get a response. Oh man. This Either is the worst
1: we're... thing that could have happened, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, because, because now he's emboldened. Now he's encouragement. Yeah.
1: Dude, are you a tranny? <laughs> That'll be the next one. <laughs> Dude, yeah. have you ever been touched in an inappropriate way yeah. by Lloyd Irvin? Yeah. Have you ever been molested? <laughs> That'll be the next one.
2: Well, I wanted to ask those questions, oh. but you wouldn't let me. <laughs> it- I did,
1: I did want to ask um, last week when we, when we went to the uh, Kurt o c or submission only. I wanted to ask Sean Roberts if... Um, Lloyd never ever touched him in an inappropriate way at the Koeman yeah. time. Oh,
2: brother. And hey, you in my house, you staying in my house for free? Oh, gonna my act, God. You going to act like this? Oh, my God. We got to take oh, a Oh, quick... we ain't cool? Hey,
0: guys. This is Tim here. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank all of our supporters and listeners of the Inside BJJ podcast. We are fast approaching episode 100, and we could never do it without you. Being that I've said that, and I know the value, and every good turn deserves another, please tell a friend about our podcast. Tell the guys you train with, you know, when you're sitting on the mat, and you're tired, and you're sweating, and you got tapped out by a white belt, and you're explaining to all your buddies that you're keeping it playful today, and that's why you let him tap you. Yeah, tell those guys to listen to the podcast. Tell your instructor to check it out. If he's a really cool guy, tell him to hit us up. Maybe we'll have him on probably not tell your mom your mom loves you kind of she'll support you mostly
3: and she'll listen
0: do us a favor refer a friend inside bjj.com you could subscribe on itunes you can subscribe on your android and you could subscribe on your windows mobile device do it and welcome back to the inside bjj podcast wanted to do a quick little forum thing. I went off on the forum last week, and I refused to read any threads because I got so mad at them. They were all the same and dumb. Uh, But I wanted to read this one. It caught my eye. The title is Rolled with a 6-foot, 245-pound blue belt today. Now, you know this guy's going to complain, right? I'm going to... Before I... Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Here's a game we're going to play. I'll read the title of the thread. And we try to predict what... And then we'll try to predict what the actual post is about. So this thread is rolled with a six foot, 245 pound blue belt.
1: He's going to talk about how he got muscled up on that, how this dude had strength and not technique.
0: Okay. Ernest.
2: How like he would have beat the guy if it were not for his size. And all the guy did was smash him the whole time. And uh, he almost tapped him. And then the guy did some crazy foul. On him, He almost got injured, and, and he was pissed, but he didn't want to say nothing. Was he being the dick, or was that guy being the dick?
1: Something, something his instructor should have probably did that he didn't do. There's probably something his instructor's not
0: teaching him that he should be, and he's thinking about switching up schools. I think he's going to ask for advice on him being a smaller guy, how to handle this guy. Uh, and it's going to have something to do with being put in a position where he was being held down.
2: Well, if you weren't at Ronin Jiu-Jitsu on May 25th, you can go fuck yourself with that question.
0: I think that's what—Jesus, <laughs> that's a weird callback. I think that's what it's going to be about. I think that he's also going to complain about this guy, that the guy doesn't have good technique. He's
2: probably going to say that he's probably not a blue belt level, but because he smashes people, yeah, he, he got his blue belt because he just beats everyone.
0: Let's do the reveal. Let's see. I am 160 pounds, and before this, the heaviest in-shape guy I ever rolled with was 205 pounds. Strong is one thing, but this guy was quick as hell to athletic. I'd rolled with an out-of-shape 280-pound 200, new guy when I was experienced white belt, but he gassed in a minute, and it wasn't a challenge. The guy today was completely different. He seemed to have cardio for days, and I spent at least three minutes just grip fighting for my guard. When he did get his grips, there wasn't much I could do from stop, to stop him from breaking my guard. Thankfully, I was able to re-guard right after and eventually finish with a triangle from guard. Whoa, he surprised us. But it was one of the most challenging so roles I ever had. He, he's self-congratulating. Yes, you know. he wants to give himself a compliment. I can only imagine what his side control pressure is like. And I can only imagine it because he wasn't good enough to get me in side control. I've never said that the size strength thing doesn't matter, but I'd experienced it, but I've never experienced it to that degree before. It was definitely an eye opener. Certain things just did not work the way they normally do. And I can't wait to roll with him again. No doubt. I'm going to learn a lot. <laughs> this was a self-congratulatory thread. Dude, you're, so, you're really good.
1: You tapped out a 245 pound blue belt. All right. So Congratulations.
2: Is he a white belt or what is he? What is he didn't say his rank and how long I he's think he's a trained. blue
0: belt. He's just, he's basically, it was a brag thread. I thought it was a a poor me thread, it was a brag thread. And usually there's only two kinds of threads. There's I'm serious, look. Here's the kind of threads there are. There's there's a couple, right? There's a there's a I suck and I want to complain and I want everyone to like give me a little boost on the message boards like you're good man, stick with it. Then there's the indirect brag which is I rolled with this guy who's amazing. I'm going to compliment the hell out of this guy, but then but then somewhere in the story I'm going to tell you that I triangled him. Right. And then there's this the the direct brag about like, I can't believe how good I'm getting. (laughs) It's a lot of whining and crying about shit. Let's read this one. Um,
2: Tickling in BJJ or does chest have anything to do with actual fighting? Yeah. Those, that's a tough one. Let's
0: go tickling in BJJ. I don't want to read it. I don't want to. I think that this guy is going to tell an experience where he tickled somebody and he got them to like open guard. And he wants to know if that's a, if that's a legitimate technique. Dude.
2: Cut he's he's going to ask us if it's gay, and he's going to preface it by saying, first of all, I'm not gay. I like to just say that I'm not gay, but. He's going to say and he's not gay. That's actually like that's actually a confession.
1: He likes to watch porn. He doesn't look at guys' balls. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be, Matt? Is he that your said
2: fi- balls. dude. Um... <laughs>
1: th- no. It's going to be really stupid. Everything he says is going to be dumb. All right,
0: let's get it. Tickling and BJJ. Sometimes after a failed heel hook, I continue to hold the leg with a good grip and then tickle my opponent's foot, and they always laugh uncontrollably until they tap. This is during training. I've tapped at least one person from each belt class except for black. Can I do this technique during a sanctioned tournament?
2: Homo. <laughs> Not like the cool homos who are actually like...
0: Somebody wrote no, and then he wrote, <laughs> why can't you tickle someone during a tournament? think that you can and then somebody posted the oil check picture
2: oh, that's awesome hey there's some schools in wrestling that that's actually like they drill in that is they, disgusting yeah. i had a guy that just continually tried to dig his fingers in my butthole through a whole match Yeah, i was like dude i bet you freak, like
0: that man? and you didn't defend it did you no okay so here's the next Why one would i
2: that's like a free that's free i normally pay for this okay shit.
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> Do you ask your instructor not to promote you? Huh? This is another indirect. Yeah. Brag. If you're a punk, yeah, that's like this that's is an also indirect like brag.
2: A, yeah. Um, like,
0: well, that's. What this guy's trying to do is brag about how he's ready to be promoted. He's going to
1: say how everyone else thinks he's really good, but he doesn't think he is. Yeah,
0: it's a false humility, and uh, that he's what he's doing is trolling for people to come on and go, man. You should accept the promotion. Trust your instructor. If he says yeah. you're good, you're good. It's that yeah. one. Let's see. Uh where's that? Where's where was it at? You guys see it? Should you ask your instructor? Matt, do you see it? I
1: just seen it a second ago. Where are
0: you? Here it goes. Do you ask your instructor to not promote you? I've been a Blue Belt for two Dude's years. His name is Billy Clinton. <laughs> I've been at Blue Belt for two years and nine months. Here we go. Got first place in a couple tournaments here and there. There's the brag. He threw it let in. S- pat my, let me throw out my rotator cuff, patting myself on the back. Here we go. I'm pretty sure my instructor will give me my purple belt by the end of the year. Oh, he's pretty sure. Do you think it's a good idea to ask him to not promote me? I want to compete as a blue in Pan Am 2014. Hey, look, sandbagging butthole, right? If you think you're ready and your instructor, you're pretty sure he's going to give you your purple belt, but no, you want to go in and be basically a purple belt competing with, competing with blue belts so you can win Pan Ams. So you can come back on here and go, oh, I want Pan Ams. In 2014, you got my blue belt. At one I won Pan Am.
2: Yeah, he should shut his mouth and know his place. It's not his place to say any of those things. If you think, like, you know, going Pan Am's, you know, as a blue belt is going to ensure you a win, like, okay. That's,
0: it, m- it may not.
2: Yeah, it may not. Um, but if you do think you're that badass to assume that he's probably going to promote you, then fucking let him promote you and win the Pan Am's at Purple Belt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. it's kind of
0: disrespectful, dude. It, it's disrespectful to do this. I don't want to be promoted because I want to go to this tournament and 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 win at my belt level. Um, because what you're doing is you're assuming everyone else you're competing against is chump change. Like you're automatically better than the rest of the division, and your purple belt doesn't mean jack, dude. Yeah. You could go in there and get smashed by another blue belt. There's yeah. guys that are good. And they're good at competition jujitsu. They're good with dealing with the time frames, and they could pass your guard and hold you down for five minutes, and you're screwed, and you will lose the match,
1: yep. dude. Or I will guarantee there's some blue belts that would just straight tap this guy out. Probably that too.
0: It makes me sick.
2: I just don't like people. I just don't like people that assume that they know when somebody should be promoted. You know. Even yeah. They had students that it was complimentary to me. They're trying. I know what they were trying to do, but. I had to eventually check a couple of people and like tell them like, dude, it's not, it's not my place to say when I should get my black belt. Yeah. And it's certainly not yours. Yeah. It's it's solely to the discretion of my instructor. And if I haven't been promoted, it's because I am not ready.
0: Yeah. So when I'm ready,
2: he'll promote me. Yeah. Until then, I'm not gonna say anything about it. And you should probably not say anything about
0: yeah, it. Yeah. See, when you're the guy telling somebody, dude, you're ready. You're mm-hmm. good. It feels different, but when somebody's telling you you're ready, you're good, that doesn't feel good because you feel like they're pushing you in a weird way, telling you things. It's like, hey, you know, the last thing you want, you'd never want to be that guy in jujitsu that's asking to be promoted or is hinting around you should be promoted or is being weird about being promoted. That's just a taboo. Or posting
2: online about somebody should be promoted. Jesus.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Where's my stripe at? Yeah. I'm doing so great in class. I should get a stripe and I haven't got one yet. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Months.
2: Taking two months off, but I should come back and Im- automatically get promoted.
0: My first
1: question would be, how many privates have you paid for?
2: <laughs> yeah. First of all, uh, right.
1: <laughs> there, yeah. is a, there is a faster path to black belt, Black belt, but you have to get like a hundred privates to <laughs> pay for them in advance. You have to be in the black belt program.
2: That's fun. Oh. Oh. That's a good one. Yes, it is. That's that's old school. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> before we get out, I just, I don't know, are we done, are we done with this? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I wanted to congratulate Mary and William Ponce, also known as Aussie Will. They had a baby. They had a baby. Finally, it seemed like she was like a character in a sitcom. It seemed like she was pregnant for like five years. Yeah. But it finally had, they had a, she had posted something on Facebook to like for everybody to guess the, uh. Sex of the child, and I said, my boy will only produces males. Yeah, and so they had a baby, Danilo. Congratulations and welcome to the world, sir.
0: Yeah, congratulations, man. Just want to say this: got, yeah. you got a quick cheer. <laughs> Australian women, it takes them fourteen months to fully give birth. They don't; they're not a nine-month cycle.
2: She's technically like doesn't. She's not really Australian. She's she, like from it's Europe. All the
1: meat pies they eat. She, <laughs>
0: In they get that cytotoxin plasma thing, yeah.
2: Toxoplasma,
0: yeah. They get it from kangaroos down there, though. And it makes the women go 14 months, loads, too. Yeah, you know,
2: (laughs) she's she's from Uruguay.
0: Well, maybe we can get the baby a boomerang, little baby boomerang. Oh, with a rattle, yeah, Yeah. a (laughs) rattlesnake. He gave me a dirty
2: look. It's a little he's like What about a big
0: outback jackknife? <laughs> yeah. That's well, we not Get not him even...
2: some shit that he doesn't
0: get. William, right? Yeah. William was a cool guy. He yeah, stopped in really cool. and dropped in at the gym and trained. He, he came just, twice, actually.
2: Yeah, he just sent me an email saying that they're coming back uh, when the baby's a year. Oh, so great. He'll the, great. He'll bring the baby.
0: Now we got to see this guy's kid and hear about how smart he already knows his IBCs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks Foster's. He loves Foster's. <laughs> he loves gotta Foster's. Got to hear that. Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> he loves Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> He's, we feed
2: him solely on koala
0: milk. You drink koala milk? Koala milk. <laughs> koala milk.
2: <laughs> Cow milk is in right evolution. Koala zone.
0: meat is really good. Is it? And so is panda meat. Really? Panda's delicious, dude. You ever had chupacabra? I, uh, I have. just like chicken. Have you ever had midget? <laughs> midget is good. I mean, they're so tender. It's like veal. Yeah. You raise them in a cage. Oh, you don't let tiny, them out.
2: They're tiny little limbs. You just give like them really enough room
0: much. to turn around. A rump roast on a midget is delish. You actually want to keep <laughs> yeah. the lights out, keep it real dark too. <laughs> if
2: we crash in the Antarctic, dude, and we have to eat somebody in a midget's there. Oh, Sorry, dude, he's buddy. Going down. He's going you're, down. You're not going to be able to. Can, can you look?
0: imagine being a midget on a flight full of full-size people and the you're, plane crashes and there's fussed. no food? You know he's looking around like, these fools are oh. going to eat me. Your right. best thing to
2: do is to gather as much warm clothing and bedding <laughs> and food supplies and hit the fucking Ro, mountains as soon out as out possible. Get out of there, dude. Find a small cave, which shouldn't be hard. you just look. <laughs> <laughs> just find any crevice like, you can tuck yourself into and call a home. A little mouse hole in a tree.
0: Just live uh, yeah, outside. this is
1: real great, guys. Now not, now not only it's going to say anti-BJJ, racist, anti-black, anti-gay, now we're going to be anti-midget.
0: Well, Matt, you got to be
1: what
2: you are. We're not are. anti-midget. We love midgets, especially I'm if we're saying, on a plane trip.
0: <laughs> when the plane crashes, they're the first to go down. Thanks, guys, for listening. It's a good show. Welcome back, Ernest. Yeah. I, I did miss you. I'm not going to lie. I missed you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I missed being here. It was awesome.
0: But you're going to go back on ice for four more weeks. Yeah, (laughs) for that whole beauty, you gay thing.
2: (laughs) Skate, skate, y'all.